Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. We have a great episode for you today. Uh, I have been out of town uh, the last couple of days, so I'm a little flustered getting things ready here at the last second, so I appreciate my guest's patience today. I have a returning guest, Captain Moron. Captain Moron, thank you for being here. Hey, it is a pleasure to be back. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've had you on. Appreciate yeah. you jumping on. And again, patience as we got everything up and rolling here this evening as we're recording. Um, uh, we've had you on before, so we won't have you do a full introduction, uh, but maybe just a little refresher for listeners on the podcast, kind of what you're doing as far as content and where you're doing content. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a very casual gamer, but I'm focused on Marvel Snap. And that's that's pretty much what i do these days i stream on twitch tuesday thursday nights and then i make a video every week on youtube and it's you know if you like life with a a dash of of weird then that's the place you want to go i like to incorporate voice acting and and do some weird theory crafting i like rng so that's 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 me boy do you no uh yeah sometimes sometimes you do some crazy stuff i'm not so sure about but uh (laughs) but it's fun to watch um well, we'll dive right in here. We've got a few topics we want to cover today. Obviously, the, the first thing we always talk about is new card this week. Uh, we will talk Iron Lad. So Iron Lad is an interesting card. I've been watching lots of people play with Iron Lad. And um, so Iron Lad is a four-cost, six-power card that copies the text. Uh, when, sorry, on reveal, copies the text of the top card of your deck. Um so I think this is interesting. Uh, this kind of this interaction with the top card of your deck. We we I believe it was the latest patch notes from last month where they said they were making some changes to America Chavez and to Jubilee yeah. because uh, they want more cards that interact with the top uh, top of your deck. And there was going to be new cards. Obviously, Iron Lad being one of those. We're getting Howard the Duck I think next week, yep. which lets you see the top card of your deck, which I think will be a very interesting synergy. So maybe we'll talk a little bit of. Uh, of Howard the Duck here with Iron Lad. Um, but I want to turn it over to you, kind of first impressions, thoughts of Iron Lad of the card. What have you seen other people doing? Uh, what's your general impression of the card first? Yeah, what have I not seen other people doing? Yeah, you, you're definitely hit the nail on the head. Every, there's Iron Lad everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think generally it's a strong card, and I love... I mean, always when they introduce something new, I think that's a that's great, like healthy for the meta to introduce it as long as it works, which it almost always has. You know, we've only had it break once. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I mean, a 4-6 is a solid stat line in the first place. And then my first thoughts go to like a, a Lockjaw Jubilee sort of thing, right? Where you're you're kind of trying to high roll cards with strong powers, um, but they're probably, if they have, good text they might not have high power so i haven't seen a lot of people doing that i don't know i've seen people do a lot of things i've I've seen probably a lot of control with iron lad Mm. um you know being able to reuse those abilities or you know use them ahead of time whether they have storm in there or professor x you know a six imagine a six power professor x right so it's it's fun to watch yeah i've definitely seen the control aspect you know people trying to high roll some of these things i think that's notable right Iron Lad being a four-cost card, right? Uh, there's a couple things there. 
one, you can potentially roll out a five cost or a six cost cards text early, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. Uh, a lot of people that are streaming or playing, you know, are using things like a, a deck tracker, like the one Marvel Snap Zone has, mm-hmm. where you can kind of see your deck, see as you're drawing, see what cards you have left in your deck. That helps you understand the probability of like, okay, I have X amount of cards left in my deck. And, you know, 75% of those are really good, would be good for me to roll with Iron Lad. Yeah, let's play Iron Lad on turn four. Maybe you want to wait to turn five to see what you draw on turn five, you know. Uh, there's things like that. Uh, also notable, you know, Zabu. Every time we get a new four-cost card, we think Zabu, right? Lowers yep. the cost. So you can potentially get uh, Iron Lad out on three, which I think is very powerful. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting. Uh, obviously, there's that RNG aspect where you really don't know for sure what you're getting generally on the next card. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll talk more about this next week when Howard the Duck comes out. But I think that's a very interesting pairing. I think you're yeah. going to see the two of them together basically in every shell you play. Oh, yeah. Because the power of like Howard Duck on one, potentially Zabu on two, which then opens up Iron Lad on turns three, four, five, or six, right? For three cost. You can have four shots at like getting a double effect of a card and knowing what the double effect will be. Um, and I guess I'm curious again, speculation, we haven't tried it out yet. Do you think that sounds. Like it'll be a little too crazy, too overused, and pay to win, right? You have to buy these two cards, and all of a sudden you're super good. Uh, or, or is that crazy talk? I think it could. You know, something I hadn't checked that I I meant to look at is Howard the Duck ongoing, or is it a, uh, just a regular text ability? That is a great question, and I will answer your question in two seconds. I believe it's just solid text. I don't believe. That's uh, what I was thinking. Howard the duck. And it, and I guess while you look it up for sure, if it's not ongoing, I think... Oh, it I is ongoing. I, it, it is, is ongoing. ongoing. Okay, yeah, I think that's important, yeah. right? Because then we've got things like Rogue and Enchantress. Enchantress is a little late, but if you have Zabu, you can do it. Um, but you you can counter it that way, and I think that's yeah. really important. Because it can be really strong, especially like you said, if you can land what that that ramp you just said, and then let's say you have Absorbing Man and you just double Iron Lad, mm-hmm. whatever crazy cards you have in your deck, you know, like and then you be... play the actual card, right? You could, yeah. you could basically get the, the same card three times, right? right. If, it's a, if it's an honor reveal, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh. it could be. It definitely could be. Um, the other good news is Iron Lad. Is on reveal right and so the good little puppy cosmo can come to the rescue um but iron lad doesn't necessarily need to be played at any particular location so it could be too strong i don't think i don't think it will be i think there's enough ways to counter it that that it won't overpower the meta but we'll see yeah i mean cosmo like you said enchantress with howard the duck yeah uh you know maybe that's a little bit of extremist in me you know trying to bait you out to say that it's going to be overpowered i think they've done a relatively good job with balancing lately right um things can still get out of whack because every time you introduce a new card you have to see how that card interacts with every other card in its current state uh so you know time will tell but um but i think it'll be an interesting combo for sure another thing i want to say about iron lad right we've talked about kind of like you can ramp into another card and that's powerful um I think another th- thing worth noting, it's almost like you get an extra draw. You could think about it like that. Yeah. Because if you draw Iron Lad, 
and you don't draw any extra, like no locations are giving extra cards to you in your hand. Like normally you get nine out of your 12 cards, but that 10th card in your deck, right? Like on turn six, you could get that card, right? As a worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, so it's almost mm -hmm. like it increases the probability of, you know, you getting the cards you want and being able right. to play it by turn six. Uh, obviously the timing maybe is not helpful, right? Because it's like, well, great. My 10th card is Iceman, right? And okay, I can play Iron Lad to get Iceman's effect, but yeah. that has no, that at that point you're just playing six stats on the board, right? Yeah. So it all depends on how things play out. I think Howard the Duck will make Iron Lad hit more often than not. Oh, yeah. yeah with the knowledge. Uh, but like you say, still has its counters. It can be shut down. It can be blocked. Um, you know, you can make it so your opponent can't play it at a, an ideal location, or you can play control of your own, right? Storm kind of lock down locations early yeah, and kind of force them, force their hand, right? Yeah. So. I thought, I thought the same thing. If, I mean, if worst comes to worst control is decently popular in the meta right now. And so just, just go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And obviously only being a few days since Iron Lad came out, people are still looking for that optimal iron lad list and there may be multiple right i don't think there is the man deck or sorry iron lad deck or the iron lad slash howard the duck deck you know people were theorizing probably about yeah. that already but honestly even after Howard the duck comes out it's going to take multiple weeks i think before people find an optimal list right and by then we will have had another monthly patch and our weekly changes right so things are things are ever changing um i don't think we're going to have kind of the knowledge of what's the best, you know, deck with Iron Lad until we've got a little bit more time under our belt. So any other thoughts on Iron Lad? I think you hinted to Iron Lad and Howard the Duck won't have a lot of time together before we get some very anticipated cards that might just distract from them, you know, and they yep. they aren't the focus anymore when when Living Tribunal or High Evolutionary shows up and everybody's gonna try to play that instead. And so so it might be a delay till they dominate the meta, you know, till they really come out and, and people find the ideal deck for them. I mean, that has happened, right? I mean, yeah. where a card enters pool six. I mean, I think we're seeing it with Master Mold right now. I think Master Mold's a decent card, yeah, right? And playing with Ronin, and we've seen that win a tournament, things, you know. But it's still, with, with that card being 6,000 collector's tokens, a lot of people still have not picked up Master Mold because it's not as sexy as... You know, uh, other yeah. cards, it doesn't seem as exciting. But as soon as, man, as soon as that drops down to Series 4 and eventually Series 3, right, in an extra month after that, like, and we could be seeing some Master Mold play, right? Yeah. Uh, I think people, you know, a lot of people are excited about Iron Lad, and so maybe people are more willing to spend the tokens on Iron Lad than they were for Master Mold, etc. But, yeah, time will tell. It, it'll take a while for things. But I... I I think there's probably a lot of people out there saving their tokens for high evolutionary. We've had the confirmation within the last week that high, uh, high evolutionary will be a big bad. We'll yep. stay permanently at 6,000 tokens permanently in asterisks because, you know, we never know if those are permanent forever. And they've said that they're looking at reworking the card acquisition uh, right. system. We don't know what that means, but that obviously, so that may end that cost at some time. So Yeah. Uh, I think that's a great point to bring up, I, I think. And like Living Tribunal, there's all these cards that are like so unique. You want to be able to get all of them. You know, right. if you're spending lots of money on the game, maybe you are getting all of them. <laughs> uh, I, for one, am not. 
Uh, that being said, I'm almost sitting on 18,000 collector's tokens. <laughs> and I really don't know which ones I want to buy. So, oh, no. Uh, Party wants to get Iron Lad and Howard the Duck because it sounds really fun. Yeah. But I want to wait for High Evolutionary. But also, I've wanted Living Tribunal since it leaked back in the original leaked cards when the game started in beta. Yes. Uh, but also, like, I've been wanting to pick up Jeff the Baby Land Shark, but now he's already been out for a while. So now I want to wait. Right. It just becomes this mess of now I have like purchase paralysis. I don't like, I want too many cards. And even though I have a lot of tokens, as soon as I spend them, then I can't spend them on something else. Right. Yep. Then June's going to roll around with all of our cool Spider-Man cards. And yeah, don't know what I'll do. Uh, if you have thoughts, let me know online on Twitter because mm-hmm. uh, I, I need to be swayed one direction or the other eventually. Um, we will continue on here to our next topic. Uh <laughs> which uh, I forgot my mouse is not working. So let me jump over here uh, is the latest OTA patch. Um, so this, this was last week. We're obviously a little bit behind always on these OTA patches just by the time we record and we release uh, episodes on Thursday. So we're always kind of one week behind on the OTA patches at the time of hearing this. Uh, but we figure we want to cover the new cards and new locations, etc. a little sooner. So uh, we had a bit of a smaller patch this week and I just saw three buffs. Uh, the developers talked about how, you know, the meta is kind of more balanced. They're seeing lots of cards, lots of decks with high play, high win rates, etc. So, you know, they didn't feel like there was any cards that needed to be touched and kind of uh, lower energy or increased cost, etc. This week. So we let's talk through all these three changes. Uh, the one that got the, the, the biggest numbers boost is Orca. Orca went from a 6.9 to a 6.11 retaining its uh, plus five power ongoing ability if it's the only card at a location. Um, so let's start there. Uh, I have been one to always say that uh, Namor and Orca are really bad cards. <laughs> um, we saw Namor get this a similar buff. Uh, I, now at this point, I don't know if it was a month ago, two months ago, a month and a half ago, somewhere around there, Namor got some buff. Seen a little bit more Namor play. I went from seeing Maybe. no <laughs> Namor play to I've seen Namor a few times since that patch. <laughs> yeah. That buff. Um, have you seen any Orca play in the last few days? Yeah, I, I did see an Orca actually on stream last week. Um, and, and it achieved exactly what the developers desired. They, they said in the notes, right, that like they wanted to keep the ability on par, on par with Namor to keep that like competition, but they wanted to up the base power because the ability is so hard to land um, yeah. and then just make it a more competitive card because it's not played that much. And yeah, this person was like filling their board, but they they played Orca and I mean, 611 is not bad. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, higher stat line than She-Hulk. Then America Chavez, some of these other six cards, obviously those have their advantages, yeah. right? And what you're able to do with them. But even if you get the 11 power, that's not the, the lowest six cost card to that line, right? It's decent. Uh, you know, one behind Magneto and Hulk. So pretty decent with the potential to be, you know, the second highest, right? Because Destroyer's at 15 power, Infinite at 20. Yeah. Uh, so it has, it has a high potential. Um, that being said, being limited to only having it at one location, 
you know, you can't put other cards around it to buff it, like Captain America or some of these other things, right? Uh, yeah. Being a six-cost card, generally, unless you're ramping into it, you have to play it at the end of the game, uh, which, you know, you have to have plan out your board accordingly so you can play them at the only card at one location, which with control going around and locations that throw you off, yeah. it's not the best, no. right? So this, to me, feels like more of a still play it maybe on certain featured locations like if um space throne is a featured location he's thrown you throw Atlantis. This, yeah Atlantis. Right. you throw you throw this there that won me a game um, the other day i'm sure nobody's gonna put you playing shang chi when those locations are <laughs> featured that's the problem shang chi definitely won't exist and yeah, you nope. definitely won't put armor there to protect it so yeah basically right uh um I understand. I, I like them filling design space, right? I, I want different cards with unique abilities that do things. So, like, I don't think Orca is bad from a design space. It's just currently, I feel like how Marvel Snap is played with like control decks or just you know other decks where you can play a lot of power, lots of cards late in the game uh, with you know Sarah and other things. It just feels like often sixteen isn't enough to win you a location. Yeah. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's not. Yeah. I think I think that ability, Orca and Namor's ability, is just an inherently weaker ability with where Marvel Snap is right now. But like you said, I don't think that means it's bad for the design yeah. space. It has its place at times. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't want them to. I don't want them to delete the card. Yeah, and I don't want them to like just keep giving it more and more power until it's the best card in the game, right? Yeah. So it's probably in the in a good space right now where they're playable in certain contexts. And that's okay. That's what we need, right? Every card should be playable in a certain context. I still think there are cards that aren't, right? That really just aren't playable Yep. in, in many contexts. And Orca has been maybe pulled out of that level into a, yeah, you can play it uh, for certain feature locations. You can play it to maybe throw off your opponent because they're not expecting it. Nobody's expecting the Orca play, right? True. Um, so you can occasionally pull it into a deck and that's okay. Well, everyone will be okay, right? <laughs> Yeah, so so interesting, interesting for sure. But let's let's talk about these other ones. Um, so we have collector. Collector has gone from a two one to a two two, retaining the same ability where it gets plus one power for every card that goes into your hand, not from your deck. Uh, collector was one of the most OP cards at the beginning of the beta before <laughs> the first ever patch. Uh, it got plus two power for every card that entered your hand. So things like Moon Girl, uh, you know potentially could add six power to it all at once, you know, and if you're playing yeah. agent 13 and uh, all these other cards, right. You could definitely get your collector past 10 power in a lot of games. Right. Uh, so collector, you know, they, they nerfed him and he never really seen the same amount of play, even as we've had uh, as the beta went on and the game fully rolled out, we, you know, we started to see things like bounce and other things where you had other synergies with collector, but it just collector never was the best to like slot in there. Usually you wanted other cards over collector with two power, just bumps them up a little bit. What are your thoughts on this change? Um, it's, I was a, a little surprised. I think collectors not, it's, he's not played that much. It's true. Like the, the collector deck quote unquote, isn't, isn't a very big one in the meta. Yep. I mean, it rarely makes the, the tier list, I would think probably at all, but so I can see why they did the buff. Um, however, for a long time, spoiler alert, 
there's been a data mined card that I have looked at several times and thought to myself, that will make Collector much stronger. Um, and it's still there. Uh, but who knows when that card and, will come and, out. And which one is it? It is Bullseye, which is a one cost card that ensures when you draw it, when you play it, it makes sure the next card you draw is a two cost if you have any left in your deck. Because I think Collector's problem is if you get them out on two, that's a solid card, right? But that's how often, too often you don't get them out on two and then you get them out late and it's a two one or even now a two two and maybe you buff it once or twice and it's like, okay. It's two four, yeah. And and so I think that will make him more powerful and maybe at that time he will get nerfed because he'll become too powerful. But But I think this is good, at least in the meantime, because he wasn't played a lot. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean... He's definitely a card you need to get down early. Um, like if you're playing like a dino shell of some sort, uh, if you have a dino dinosaur package, right? You got Moon Girl, maybe you got Agent 13, maybe you got uh um what's his name? Draws a three and a four cost Agent card. Agent Colson. Agent Colson, three or four cost card, or even Nick Fury, if you're a Nick Fury believer. Right. Um like, you know, those things buff collector and, you know, set up your dino to be powerful. But like, if you're drawing collector on four five and six, like you're not going to normally be playing collector probably down because there's more other, other important cards you need to be playing yeah. to set up your dino, which is more of your win con in those kinds of games. Right. So, yeah. So it's kind of like if you don't draw them on two or three or, you know, one, two or three, and you're not able to get them down on two or three, it's a little tricky. Just kind of right? wait. Yep. Kind of dead weight. It's not like some other cards where, yeah, like, yeah, it's best to get them early, but you could still, you know, pl- draw and play late uh, and it's still good, right? So, yeah, I- I'm interested. I'm interested to see if we see an uptick on, on anything. I mean, at most, I think we're going to see, you know, bounce decks, things like that, what we're seeing. Some decent play, maybe find more room for Collector. Maybe they drop a card for Collector, yeah. you know, switch them out but I don't think it's going to shift anything too crazy, right? It, it's just uh, makes him more of an option so you can have variety in those types of decks, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, last change here. A lot of people have been excited about this, and I've, I've played around with it myself a little bit. Uh, Luke Cage has gone from a 2-1 to a 2-2, regaining, or regaining, uh, retaining the ongoing ability that your cards can't have their power lowered. Um, and that is even after they've, their power has been lowered previously. If you play him on the board on turn six, it brings their power back up yeah. to their original power. Um, I know, you know, Luke Cage is used in a couple different shells, right? Uh, things like Hazmat, where you're throwing some crap across the board, rocks and Green Goblin, and you're trying to lower your opponent's power yep. while retaining your power because then it kind of like doubles up that effect, right? Um, but one of the things that I saw a lot of people excited about and kind of brought a deck up onto the tier list, which we'll talk about a little bit later, is Cerebro 2. Uh, there were people already playing Luke Cage in Cerebro 2, but you obviously didn't get the buff on Luke Cage. It was just to kind of, like, make sure you don't get... A Scorpion doesn't throw off right. your plan. Or location. Uh, yeah. Or location, yeah, exactly. That you, you know, Luke Cage was kind of that insurance, but this just makes him that much better to play because now all of a sudden you get Cerebro and Mystique down on the board and you're looking at a 2-6 Luke Cage as well, right? Uh, what are your thoughts on the Luke Cage change? Now, you you hit the nail on the head. 
I thought to myself originally, I thought Luke Cage saw plenty of play. Like he's, he's a decent, I mean, that's a great ability. Like you said, doubled up with, even with just one hazmat, that, that swing is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even the developer notes sounded like this was a Cerebro buff more than it was a Luke Cage buff. And I think that's good. Cerebro, I see Cerebro never, except for last night after the OTA when it A-cubed me. So. <laughs> yeah, it does happen. Yeah, yeah, it hurt. It hurt. But they achieved their goal, and Cerebro can have a place now, and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think Cerebro's been a deck that's kind of come and gone that a lot of people have enjoyed and wanted to be good. And it's been better at different times more, yeah. more than others. Uh but this potentially gives Cerebro 2 just a better, maybe ongoing place, right? Where you can pick it up and play it. I played some of it myself, uh, won some games, lost some games, you know. Yeah. Uh, was fun, but uh, usually not my cup of tea, the Cerebro decks. Um, <laughs> just not my preference. But yeah, I, I think it's an interesting change. I, I love this, um, right? Where we've seen, you know, they, they say on average they're going to do two to four cards per week with these OTA pal- uh, balances. Uh, the you know the first couple we've seen four. This is the first one with three, but this is the first one where this is the first one where it's been all buffs. So oh, I think yeah. that's interesting. They're willing to do that, right? It doesn't have to be nerfs and buffs. I like them not like nerfing a card just because like oh we need to nerf a card, right? Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. I think that's good. Um, I think there are plenty of cards that are still in need of a buff, right? So my hope is you know tomorrow. We're recording this Wednesday, so tomorrow we'll have another OTA balance patch, and I'm hoping we'll see some more buffs. I mean, bring me the crystal buff, yeah, the red skull buff, the uh, angel buff, right? There's a lot of things. Strong guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, did you know that strong guy? I think you know this, but strong guy used to be—I'm pretty sure—used to be like a two-cost card. Whoa. Yeah, I did not remember that. Yeah, that was early on in the beta, and um, yeah, he got kind of nerfed into with that four, going from a two cost to a four cost. Uh, definitely, wow. definitely uh, put him in his place. Yeah, because that was a very powerful and and uh, uh, Lady Sif was three cost as she is now, but uh, Ghost Rider was three cost as well. What? Oh so my yeah, it was uh, it was a madhouse. Uh, early on um and yes. nova and nova buffed all your cards by two i remember that and moon girl was three cost and devil dino was a three cost <laughs> card oh that's man. that's the one that gets me devil dino a three i don't know it what was so fun it was so fun <laughs> you could just man you could like double you could moon girl and then play and two devil dinos two devil dinos and then you could like double nova and then carnage <laughs> oh my God. and add like 20 power to the board yeah. oh man and just do that over and over and that's why i've split my carnage you know nine <laughs> times uh yeah anyway enough enough talk there um i like these ota patches um you know gives us something additional to talk about every week but i i think it's a great space i mean this keeps people interested in the game keeps them coming back for something new every week even if they can't buy a new card right the hope is like some of these changes it's almost like getting a new card yeah they make like it if you already have yeah, if you already have Orca and you really haven't played with Orca, all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe now I can try Orca, right? It's almost like a new card. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on OTA Balance Patch? I think, like you said, this is the first one of just buffs, and we've been 
We've been clamoring for buffs. They're always, everyone is clamoring for, give me more buffs, except for people that are really upset with certain cards, but that's okay. But it's most of the time, let's let's see buffs. And so it's nice to see that they're willing to do that. Like you said, just, just buff some cards because the meta is pretty healthy. So Yep, yep, agreed. Okay, well, we will take a quick ad break and we will be right back. Hey all, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about MarvelSnapZone.com. Marvel Snap Zone is a one-stop shop for everything Marvel Snap on the internet. They have new articles nearly every day that cover deck building, strategy, card breakdowns, etc. They have a great collection tracker tool and a decklist builder that works off of that collection tracker so that you can know what decks you can build with your current card collection. They have guides and deck lists for all level players and all collection level players. Make sure to go to marvelsnapzone.com and check it out now. Okay, we are back. We will jump back over to our... Oh, I did it wrong. I thought I was going to get it right this time. For those watching, sometimes I click on the wrong button. Uh, But we will continue on here to our last topic. Sometimes we have four topics. We do two before and two after, but uh, this topic will kind of take us through the end of the time here. Uh, we've been, you know, the last couple weeks we've been talking the tier list, uh, but I wanted to look at it from a slightly different angle this week. So this is the latest tier list on marvelsnapson.com as of May 9th. If you're watching, you can see it here. Uh, if you want to see the list we're referencing, we'll, we'll talk through some of the things on the list here, but you can find it at marvelsnapson.com. Um, you know, so one thing to note here is that we have three decks currently in tier one, but the tier twos and tier three are, are bigger than, than average. We have seven decks in tier two. We have six six decks in tier three, and that we've added tier four, which we've had in the past. Sometimes, uh, sometimes not. We have three decks in tier four. I also don't normally include in my screenshots here. We do have like budget decks that are kind of for the lower tiers, as well as silent performer. So we've got four budget decks, four silent performers there on the list as well. Um, so the list is bigger than normal. And what does that mean? I mean, one thing that you know means we're looking at more, more lists here, but it means that there are more decks that are performing overall at a higher level on average, which is really cool. We've talked a little bit about this last week uh, where it seems like more things uh, are playable uh, in the current you know big patch and with the OTA patches that have been happening. Um, so I think that's interesting. So we'll talk about that. But another interesting thing that I wanted to propose uh, to you is kind of a question and uh, thought. Um, I've seen some discourse online where people have said, uh, and, they, and they haven't said this in a negative way. They've, they've made clear that, you know, this is not a complaint. But I've noticed, this is other people speaking, I've noticed that it's, uh, I feel a little bit more lost on what I should be playing. And... I don't stick with decks for uh, as long as I used to. Now, you know, I think part of that, you know, is because there's not the clear S tier decks. I mean, some people may argue, yeah, some of these tier ones maybe are moving that direction or there may be other decks that pop up there, but nothing feels quite as powerful as the Shuri deck was, as the Thanos deck was, as, the you know, some of the Zabu decks in the past and the Silver Surfer decks, right? before those all receive changes over time. 
Uh, nothing is quite there at that level currently right now is the general vibe I'm, I'm seeing online. A lot of people are feeling, uh, which is a good thing. Like we, we, we like that. We don't, we like not seeing the exact same deck every single time. <laughs> but on the other hand, people are like, well, now what do I climb with? And what do I play with? And it maybe feels a little bit harder for some people. So I'm setting the stage. I said a lot. want to hear your thoughts on, on those topics and those thoughts that people are sharing. Well, first off, you, you prophesied just a week or two ago. You said that you felt the very same way. You felt like, yeah, we don't like a deck to dominate. But then again, it's kind of nice to know what you're going to go up against. And and I've experienced the same thing, right? I, For some reason, I'm a stubborn person and refuse to play top meta decks. And so it would always be, what can I play to counter the top meta deck? But now it's it's unclear what, what's on top. Uh, and so... I, I don't know what to do. Um, but put every, put every tech card in one deck, and then you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, that I'm sure that would be very successful. Nope, don't do that. Uh, but I think overall it is a positive thing. I think it's funny because at the time you said that, and everyone was just kind of like, "This is so nice that you know we're not just annoyed by running into the same deck every other game." But yep. I think it's worn on us because now we're like, "But what do we do?" But I think it's positive because it encourages exploring new things and i think that will bring out who knows what in the meta i think something will come out and eventually we'll need a nerf right and maybe that won't be until some very anticipated cards come out i don't know but uh i think it's good in the meantime because it, it encourages exploration and that's that's always at least for me been the funnest part of marvel snap is with with only 12 cards it's so easy to build different decks and slot this card in instead of that card and think maybe nobody's ever played this deck, but it does really well for me, you know, and think you might've stumbled across something new and wonderful. And, and it, I think that's what makes snap fun. And so I think it's really good despite the discomfort that's created by having no idea what we're going to go up against, which also makes it maybe a little harder to climb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point, right? Um, part of it is there, there's the side of like, what do I play? What do I play to climb with? What's good? Right. That's what all card gamers want to know. What's good? What's yeah. good? You know, what can I play with? What's going to be the best? How am I going to win? Right. What's going to get me the most cubes? But on the other side, right, you kind of talking more from a defensive strategy, right? Like people that like you kind of want, you know, when there's a feature location, you kind of know what type of things people are going to play. So you can kind of play counter to that as well. Yeah. Um, but without having kind of decks that you're seeing like, 50, 60, 70% of the time, right? Maybe often that's been like two or three decks we've seen kind of that percentage of the time. Yeah. Without that, it's harder to build a counter deck, right? Which is good and bad, right? Yeah. Uh, pros and cons. Um, I think ultimately it's good. I think ultimately it's positive because you, you bring up a strong point. It encourages experimentation. This is something I've been saying for uh, almost a year now because that's podcast... Good has almost been going for a year at this point. Uh, a couple more weeks here, we'll hit our one-year mark. And that is that, uh, you know, for me and for a lot of people, other card games where you have to build a 40, 50, you know, plus card deck, that can feel very overwhelming, right? Like, how do I build the optimal list? Am I just building this garbage deck? Am I investing all this time? It takes longer and you have to think through more things. In Marvel Snap with the 12-card deck, right? Like changing out two cards can change out a whole win con or can add a sub win con or can add a counter strategy, right? Or a different, you know, tech against other types of decks. 
Um, so there's so much you can do and so much nuance that I think it truly is more accessible for people to play around and try new things. I think that's still scary. I mean, that even becomes scary for me sometimes. I get, I've get i got used to playing kind of the, the best decks. And, and sometimes, yes, I do try other things and I experiment a little bit, but it definitely felt safe when I could just go back to a sure thing, right? Yeah. Um, so I think this is good. I think this encourages people to try new things and to experiment more and hopefully try out more cards, enjoy their full collection of cards in Marvel Snap. Uh, but there may be a little bit of a dip till we all realize that. Yep. Right. Uh, I think, I think there's going to be people that only enjoy playing when there's an S tier deck and they know they can play it and they know they can, you know, win fairly confidently and they can play it well. And when they can't do that anymore, maybe they're not interested in the game anymore. Right. Maybe, maybe there's some players lost when there is a more healthy meta, which I think is really interesting. Uh, but the hope is, in my mind, that overall, the larger percentage of players uh, feel a benefit from this in the long term. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more here about what's specifically on the list. So at the top, we're seeing Good Card Stature, Sarah Control, and Doom Wave Nebula. The first and the third ones there being ones that uh, kind of made it up into tier one this time around. Uh, so I think that's interesting. The good card stature is kind of a newer deck that's been being played more and more in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I think, I think that's uh, interesting. Um, and then in the tier two, we see a lot of the stuff we, we know, we know and love Sarah surfer, death wave, discard, Dracula, devil, dinosaur, dark Hawk, lock Thor, Galactus, Patriot. Um, I mean, some of these things have been in tier one before. Lockjaw Thor, I believe we had in the tier one slot last week. That's dropped down to tier two. Um, but I think there's just a lot of variety here in tier one and tier two. Um, I think that a lot of these decks are playable. Uh, a lot of them don't require too many, like, six series six cost cards. Yeah. So some of these are more accessible. Uh, others are not, right? Uh, but what are your thoughts? Anything stand out here in the tier one, tier two side that you think uh. is worth mentioning? First thing that comes to mind is is for those players that are lost, you mentioned, you know, if you feel like you can't enjoy the game without having S tier to play, just just think of that S as standing for Sarah. Sarah has dwelt at the top of the tier list for perhaps as long as I can remember in, in various builds, but Sarah stays strong. So make some kind of Sarah deck and it will probably be decent. But uh, So that's the first thought. And the other thought is this top deck, I, I hadn't looked at the tier list recently, but I'd run into this several times and I was like, what in the world? Or what is what are these people playing? Why is Miles in here and Stature's in here? And why are the, why are those two in the same deck? And I guess we're trying to copy them and activate them. And and uh yeah, I think that's fun. I like when something totally random and new just just flies up to the top. I think that's always great and, and gives us direction too and and yeah. you know what needs to be tweaked or or what counters can be played. So that gives some stability. Yeah, I think I think worth noting, uh, Sarah, the good card stature deck, um, anything that can lower costs of cards is very powerful in Marvel Snap. Yeah, that's both, yep. Right, uh, different angles here, right? Stature and Miles have kind of like unique uh, enabler conditions that you need to meet to enable those. Uh, lowering, but like if you can get copies of even just one of those, I mean, two one cost seven power cards in stature or two one cost 
five powers, uh, two, one cost, five power cards and miles. And if you get both of those doubled, I mean, 24 stats for four cost uh, on the last turn of the game, right? And that leaves you two energy. Like, what are you going to do with that two extra energy, yeah. right? Like, I mean, you can, you know, you can play whatever you want at that point, right? So, uh, and I think it's worth noting that they're not in like Shang-Chi range, right? And so it's a lot of power that's like hard to counter. Yeah. Um, so I think that is very powerful. And then obviously Sarah, Sarah has been seemingly untouched for so long now, right? Sarah has been kind of yeah. become better and, and less good depending on the cards around her. Right, as those have been changed, but being able to lower, you know, the cost of cards is very powerful in, in Marvel Snap. So, Always, yep. So yeah, so interesting things there. Let, let's talk tier three, tier four over here. So tier three, we're seeing Cerebro two, uh, newly on the tier list here. Electro Ramp uh, went down from tier two to tier three. We have Bounce staying in tier three. Thanos Ongoing Zoo new to tier three. Hella Discard which was crazy for me to see that uh, Hella has uh, been missing for a long time, but man, Hella's making a comeback. Hella discard uh, Kazukula, kind of a kazoo Dracula. Um, and then, so that's tier three and then tier four, we've got Thanos junk. We've got control and we've got move and we've got negative. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot to unpack there. Yeah. You know, more variety. It seems like maybe a little bit more RNG with some of these things uh or just kind of maybe slightly more difficult win conditions uh what are your thoughts on these ones anything stand out to you yeah well uh, preach on the hella discard and rng that for the longest time that's been put down because it takes too much but if, if you know when to retreat it, it can be good so uh, i personally my heart is warmed because the move deck is on the tier list that is a monumental day and next month will only improve its prospects, I believe. And so I've always been a move advocate. I love the move deck. For some reason, the mental gymnastics it requires are enjoyable to me. And so that that brings great joy to my soul. And, and I think that's, again, that's part of what we're seeing in the healthy meta is unusual things are having a decent shot or doing pretty well. And that that's fun. You know, we can play stuff that before we... We could play and we'd probably lose a lot, you know? Yeah. Well, you know me, I've always been a big believer in move. Uh, <laughs> now, you know that me and move haven't got along. I, I listeners probably know I, uh, I know, I know move has power to it. And, you know, there's people like crack Who's like, I think the last four seasons he's made it to infinite with like a move uh, surfer deck really um you know he's maybe one of the best move players that's his favorite way to play and and he's done really well with that so i know there's power to it i think i'm just maybe too dumb uh maybe that's part of it for it uh i I think it definitely is a high skill level move is a high skill level yeah there's so many moving pieces like you say june is a move month i mean i think almost every card we're getting in june has move synergy with it and so i think it's only gonna get like crazier in a good yes. way maybe even harder to play in some ways at the highest skill level <laughs> yeah. but in other ways maybe more accessible because there's more options right so i think that'll be interesting just seeing these cards on the list makes me i, I want to pull back out my hella deck i used to play hella exclusively for a while <laughs> for a long time last year and uh yeah that was my that was my deck um 
And then looking back on it, I just thought, why did I ever play that? <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll pull it back out. There's a couple other things I want to play on here. So, um, yeah, overall, feeling very positive uh, about this latest tier list. Excited to see so many things thriving uh, and people experimenting with more and more. I think it's fun matching up against different things. Uh, it's making it harder for me to not play or to play Marvel Snap when I'm not focused on the game. True. It's harder. It's harder for me to play it as like a multitasking thing because, yeah. man, I need to be on my toes, know what to expect, know what potentially I'm playing against, and know that all of these decks could be out there, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's a good and a bad thing. Um, <laughs> you know, can't can't get free cues by only paying half attention. I need to be fully focused, or I am going to drop rank. So, uh, yeah. Uh, really enjoyed talking the tier list to you, uh, with you today. We are out of time. So we will close off here. Before we go, I want to give you another chance just to give a shout out about your ads. Where can people find you and how can they best support your content? Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me on. It's been a pleasure. This is a fun time to talk about the meta. So, so I'm really excited about Marvel Snap and crazy things are coming, which I have also saved nearly 18,000 collectors tokens for. So I'm very excited. Living Tribunal has been one of my top two since I knew it existed. Uh, but anyway, uh, you can find me just about, I mean, just about anywhere. YouTube, it's Captain Moron. You can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash I am Captain Moron. And that goes for the same, that's the same on Twitter. It's I am Captain Moron. And then um, we've got a Discord as well if you want to hop into that and, and join a little community. Um, it's the USS Moron because I'm the captain of the USS Moron. That makes a lot of sense. It's a boat. <laughs> okay. Thank you for being on. Listeners, as always, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your continued support. Like I said, we're almost to a year, so I appreciate the continued support for so long now, the listening. Uh, and with that all being said, we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, recorded, produced, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening. Thank you.